This is Mike Bassett, and welcome to Legal Grounds, conversations on life, leadership, and law. If you were one of the many Americans who had the day off work this past Monday, chances are you visited family or maybe even got to have a post-pandemic gathering with friends. Hopefully the weather was good and the food was even better. Now for those listeners who aren't located in the U.S., the final Monday of May is Memorial Day, a uniquely American holiday. Of course, there is Veterans Day, November the 11th, which is celebrated around the world under other monikers, typically Armistice Day or Remembrance Day. But Memorial Day is set aside specifically for those members of the U.S. military who gave their lives in the service of this country. As most listeners know by now, I was fortunate enough to be shaped not only by my own time in the U.S. Army Reserves, but also by all of the men in my family who answered the call to serve. In a strange way, I should be thankful I don't have people in my immediate orbit to celebrate on Memorial Day. My adopted dad and two brothers lived full lives after serving in World War II, Korea, and the Vietnam War. But so many of their friends were the ones that never made it back home. And it is for those folks that I consistently raise my glass. It's become commonplace for us to say thank you for your service to those people who have chosen to dedicate their lives to this country. And while it is a thanks that is obviously deserved, as many veterans have expressed over the course of the past several decades, those thanks tend to be more and more hollow than earnest. When my father served in World War II, almost half of the country was involved in the war effort. When it comes to our two most recent engagement, the number clocks in at around 1%, and that's the best estimates. So to say that we may have lost touch with the actual meaning of Memorial Day is not an accusation, but it almost seems to have become a numbers game, and one that I think we should all reckon with honestly. That's because it's easy to say thank you for your service, but much harder to understand what we are actually thanking others for. This thought came to mind after reflecting on an interview with one of our previous guests, Daniel Harris. He told the story of how, on his way to help a contractor leave a conflict zone, he was offered a fairly large amount of money in pure, hard cash. While this may be the standard way of doing business in lesser developed countries, Dan knew that taking this money not only would set a bad precedent for his fellow service members, but for the presence of our military at large. And yet, had he not chosen to share his story, this moment would have been lost in time. So in this moment, I want to say thank you to Dan. Thank you for being honest in the face of temptation. Thank you for thinking of the bigger picture. But this example, of course, brings to mind all of the other small instances that we, as fortunate citizens of this republic, fail to appreciate it when it comes to saying thank you for your service, which is why on Memorial Day, and perhaps every day, the true phrase we should be saying is, thank you for your sacrifice. If it seems like I'm splitting hairs, then allow me to give a personal example of where I'm coming from. My oldest brother, Sterling, has the high honor of being buried at Arlington National Cemetery. 
His headstone overlooks both the Potomac River as well as the Pentagon, where he worked for years after returning home from Vietnam. He was a man that lived life to its fullest. The perpetual bachelor, he always drove a Corvette, and for as long as he could, he rode a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. He exercised regularly, often running 10-plus miles along the trails that line the Rio Grande, well into his 70s. And every Sunday, his breakfast at the Village Inn consisted of a warm slice of pecan pie and a scoop of Blue Bell ice cream. In person, he was a Stoic, but the way he lived his life was, for me, the perfect kind of gregarious. Sterling was the kind of guy you wanted to say thank you for your service to because it was easy to see that relationship was mutually beneficial. Sterling had clearly gained so much during his time in the Army, and after knowing him for two minutes, it was obvious the Army was counting its blessings by having a man like him in their ranks. There may be people like him in your life. Those service members who made it home and not only survived but thrived. But while they may not have given their lives, the reason we're celebrating this national holiday in the first place, every single one of them sacrificed a piece of themselves to do what they did for us. These sacrifices often go unnoticed and unnamed because they're hard to pin down and they manifest themselves in unfamiliar ways. I'll never forget the moment I began to truly grasp the sense of Sterling's sacrifice. It was 2011, and after years of talking about it, he was finally building his dream home on the side of the Franklin Mountains in our hometown of El Paso. I'd visited him during construction, and while there were some unique choices Sterling has made, like having the floor of the garage tiled so that he could mop it clean, it seemed like your typical bachelor pad. So imagine my surprise when Liz and I arrived for the housewarming party and there were no interior doors. Sure, there was a garage door, a front door, a door leading out to the patio that overlooked the city. But inside this brand new house, there were only archways, which I later came to recognize as clear lines of sight, even to the bathroom. To my knowledge, Sterling was never diagnosed with PTSD, but in that moment, in that moment, I knew there was a part of him that had been forever changed by his time in combat. From a purely tactical point of view, having no doors meant he could hear anything going on without having to walk from room to room. The clear lines of sight meant he could never be surprised as he walked around a corner. I would later learn that he slept with a loaded forty-five beneath his pillow that he kept a pistol under a baseball cap in the front seat of his Corvette, that no matter how successful he'd become, my brother lived with an invisible fear that haunted him. In this culture of breaking news and headlines that fill in for substance, it's easy to get lost in the images of miniature flags adorning graves and the feel-good stories that pop up on our local news. And to be clear, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those things. Instead, I'm asking you, listener, to take an additional second, another moment, to reflect deeper on those Americans who stepped up to the plate. Maybe they came home. Maybe they didn't. 
But at the end of the day, most of us got a three-day weekend because of the lifetime of dedication these men and women so graciously offered of themselves. Just something to think about. Until next time, this is Mike Bassett. Be easy, everybody. Legal Grounds was written, recorded, and produced by Dust Devil Press. To learn more about today's guest and for links to the topics and materials discussed, please check out our show notes. For more information on Mike Bassett, visit thebassettfirm.com. Questions, topic ideas, and guest suggestions can be emailed to legalgrounds at thebassettfirm.com. Yeah.